0: Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like when your fantasy league meets up at your house. Everything's great until the hot plate gets too hot for the tablecloth. Now your kitchen's up in smoke. And if you don't have the right home insurance coverage, the cost to fix this is anything but a fantasy. So switch to all states, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Not available in every state. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability, savings vary. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Spanish Football Podcast. I'm Phil Kitt from a joined. By a heroic Sid Lowe, who has been ill all weekend, but in true British resilient fashion. He's here, he's keeping calm, he's carrying on in stark contrast to my... Hellenic hypochondria if I had been as ill as you've been this weekend Sid there's no way I was doing the podcast but here you are to speak to us about Spanish football hello Sid. hello it does mean that there, there was
0: a I've had to do a little bit of catching up this afternoon because I didn't manage to see anything yesterday except the second half of the Barcelona game and also I, I saw that I did see the whole of Sevilla Atletico against Belef of Malaga um, but then uh, you know might have had to dash off a couple of times to uh ...to, uh, shall we say, remove the contents of my stomach fairly violently. And, uh, and, and then... You saw the, yeah. um, saw the bottom of the, uh, the toilet bowl uh, for a lot of the day yesterday, so yeah. I saw, I, I saw the bottom of toilet bowls, with bushes, uh, of bushes, of corners of stadiums, yes. that sort of stuff,
1: yeah. So Sid's been sick a lot, guys, but he's still here. He's still willing to, to pod, so that just shows, underlines his monumental commitment to Spanish football and to this <laughs> podcast. Well done, Sydney. You're a hero, <laughs> and you're going to Veikas tonight. You absolute loony. What are you doing? Yeah, well, I, I'm. I, yeah, well, I just thought
0: you know, Rayo against Celta should actually be quite a lot of fun. It's a chance to see Barry. Um, Celta are under massive pressure at the moment, so that's really quite quite an interesting one in its in its own right. Um, <laughs> and I, I sort of I, I managed to keep down some toast this morning, and and
1: then I had a little bit of caldo not long ago, and I'm. I'm starting to think that I might be able to make this now. So straight to Vallecas. You haven't been sick for a couple of hours. so Straight to the Estadio Vallecas. Uh, We'll see whether or not Sid makes it to the final game of uh, match day 16. Here are the previous nine uh, games in this round of fixtures. Uh, Friday night was the um, uh, footballistic bloodbath that we expected it to be. Getafe against uh, Valencia. It's become a real, real grudge match between these two sides. Three red cards, lots of fouls and just one goal was scored um, by Getafe late on and they beat Valencia by a goal to nil. And then on Saturday, Las Palmas beat Alaves by a goal to nil to continue their really uh, impressive run of form. Real Betis and Real Madrid drew 1-1 at the Estadio Benito viamarin in a really entertaining game, which Sydney was pitch side for. Uh, La Real beat Villarreal by three goals to nil. Excellent performance from the Basques. And Mallorca beat Sevilla. By a goal to nil, Sevilla still haven't won a league game under Diego Alonso. The Uruguayans have been in charge for 10 matches across the league and the Champions League. They've won zero. Then on Sunday, Atletico Madrid raced into a 2-0 lead at home to bottom of the table Almeria after 25 minutes. We thought it might be a 6-7 or 8-0 victory for Atleti. But they had to make do with a 2-1 victory. Almeria scoring in the second half but Atleti picking up all three points and afterwards Stefan Savic admitting they were a little bit tired. Granada against Athletic Club was suspended. Uh, We'll talk about why in just a moment. Cadiz and Osasuna finished 1-1. And then the big game of the weekend was at Montjuic where Girona beat Barcelona 4-2. First time they've ever beaten Barcelona away. And they are two points clear at the top of the table after 16 matches. We've spoken a lot about Girona on the podcast. We will continue to speak a lot about Girona on the podcast. And that's where we'll start this week's podcast, by dis- discussing their really quite excellent performance against Barcelona. I-, I tweeted, Sid, I was watching this live. I think you've had to watch it uh, back because, uh, yeah, last night... You yeah, know, I watched
0: the second half yeah. live, but um, and I've had to re-watch the first, yeah.
1: First half? I tweeted after the you know, last twenty minutes of the first half was some of the best football, was the best football I think I've seen any team play in La Liga this whole season. They were absolutely sensational, Girona, in terms of in terms of everything. Genuinely everything they did looked sensational. A team that knew Exactly how they wanted to play, uh, exactly where everybody needed to be. Uh, They were finding spaces against Barcelona. They were pushing Barcelona back onto the back foot. They were creating numerical superiority for for times in this game. It was a genuine joy to watch this team. I don't think I'm exaggerating. And they're the top scorers in the division. They're top of the division. Uh, They've won more matches than anyone else in the division. They're two points clear. And they're the best team in Spain at the moment. Said they genuinely are. And yesterday they showed us that.
0: Yeah, I think that's exactly the point, isn't it? That it's one thing being top and, and having the results, and obviously the, the, the results are, are, are absolutely fantastic. They've only been beaten once, and that was against Real Madrid. They've picked up an amount of points that no team, other than Madrid, Barcelona or Atletico, have ever had at this stage of the season. You know, It's not, not even teams that have then collapsed. No, no, no team outside of the top three has ever been this good this late into the season. Um, but it's also the way they're playing. And, and I thought one of the things that was interesting yesterday, and actually it was particularly interesting listening to them talk about it post-game, and when you, when you get that kind of post-game discussion, but not just discussion, I would call it analysis, that reinforces what you've seen, it's, it's really, really useful. And, and Michel talked about it, um, and they had Edith Garcia and Alex Garcia talking post-game. We both talked about it as well. They talked about how Michel had said to them pre-game, you have spent the whole season being used to dominating matches. You have to know that there will be spells in this game when you won't. Mm. This is a team that won't allow you to dominate possession, to have the ball all the time, and you have to a have the capacity to withstand that at times. B have the personality to then get the ball and make them chase you when you have it. You no, know, not just to get it and try too hard or to be too direct or to to try and make something happen straight away, but to make them chase you. But also to have that incision. And he talked a lot, Michil post game, um, about the importance of. I've, either the ability to counter attack but also in particular talked about the importance of um dovic in mm. terms of holding the ball allowing others to play and in and in a kind of a quick exchange breaking through a team like barcelona i think you see that really clearly on the first goal i think they've been very conscious of isolating um the the the, the two the two full back positions in particular the right, although actually the, the goal itself comes on Girona's right rather than on Girona's left, but the Barcelona right. But they did it to both sides. That, that willingness to in a couple of passes cut through. They get the goal at a time when Barcelona are actually making it quite difficult for them. And then, as you say, it felt very much, didn't it? Like this was a game that was where Girona wanted it to be. Mm. And that Girona were really comfortable, but maybe not comfortable because that, that would suggest that this wasn't hugely intense, which I think it was, that it wasn't difficult, there it wasn't a battle, all those things I think are true. But it felt like Girona knew exactly what they were
1: doing.
0: Hmm. Um, and, and I think they're a, they're a deeply impressive football team. They're not a team that's overachieving in terms of results. They're not a team that's playing really well now, but you look at them and think, ah, this won't last. They are a team who are top of the table, and you look at them and you think, they are top of the table because they are the best They're top of the table because they're going to be there all season. Now, they may not be. Of course they may not be. And I think it's quite difficult for us to bring ourselves to truly believe that they will be because they're not the name. But if we analyse the teams in La Liga right now and forgot what the history Mm. is, didn't look at the value of the squad, didn't look individually at the players and just said, who is the best team in Spain? It is Girona. And it is Girona
1: quite comfortably, I think, as well. I completely agree. And football, you know, it's a sort of visceral, emotional game. And I was just watching this last night. And some of the play from Girona, I was whooping, whooping with excitement and yeah. joy watching them. I wow, this is amazing. They could have scored, genuinely could have scored eight or nine goals yesterday. They created so many chances. They played with zero fear, Sid. There was no fear uh, about this. And, and Mitchell talked about... Going to another level, the next level. If they if they win at Montjuïc, they'd go on to the next level, and they're there now. They're they're in this next level now. They're, they've beaten Barcelona away. They're leaders after sixteen games, and I don't think we're getting carried away to say that they're they're going to be in this title race. They're twelve points clear of fifth, so they're not yeah. far off having already secured Champions League football. I mean, okay, I mean they're mathematically, They're not there yet, but they're not far off. And now they've just got a, Look forward, keep going, game by game. They don't have European football. I mean, it's yeah. it's it's not ridiculous to think that they can they can keep this up.
0: No, it's not. It absolutely isn't. As you say, I mean, firstly because of all the analysis you know that we've done about how they play. Secondly because of the results. But but, but thirdly, I think that point you make is an important one. They don't have maybe the squad, the depth that, that Barca or Atletico or, or, or Real Madrid have. But two big caveats to that. Number one is actually when they've made changes, their changes yes. have always performed. And so then you yes. start thinking to yourself, maybe actually they do have the depth. Maybe it's just they do. because these aren't they've, names. Yeah. Exactly. Maybe yeah, because yeah. these aren't names that we're talking about, we don't allow ourselves to see that there is a depth there. And I think as well, one of the other things is that when you've got a very clear idea and everyone is, and, and this is a bit cliched, but allow me to say it anyway, everyone is working in the same direction, so to speak, then I think actually it can disguise... The, the potential weaknesses in a squad. It makes it easier for those squad players who come in to come in and perform. Look at look at the goal scoring, and this is just one very simple and maybe overly simple example, but I think it helps to illustrate the point that we're making here. And their second top scorer is Stuani, who's not a starter,
1: hmm.
0: very rarely starts, and yet he comes on, he contributes every time. You look, for example, at Yankota, who was brilliant in this game, was brilliant last week. He provided the. The two goals for Stuani, albeit one of them wasn't officially Stwani's goal. But he came on with last week with 20, 25 minutes to go and completely changed the game and hadn't started. And so you're you're seeing and this weekend, for example, they didn't have uh, Jan Calerera playing. Yes. Ivan Martin played the middle of midfield. And again, the performance from Ivan Martin was brilliant. And so you you look at this and you think, well, they don't on the face of it have the strength and depth, but maybe they do. And maybe the clarity of idea means that it doesn't matter. And the other element is that one you've mentioned, which adds this strength and depth. Maybe they don't have the strength and depth of these other teams, but nor do they have the obligations. No Champions League football, no European football. Yes, they'll keep playing in the Copa del Rey, but I don't actually think that's the the drain on, on teams that it sometimes looks like. Um... I almost wonder if they might actually be looking at the Copa del Rey, and unlike some of the teams that would find themselves in this position, think you know what, we can try and win this because we're good mm. enough. Mm. Um, and as I say, I don't think what is it? It would be three more games before the final, wouldn't it, to get them to final? I don't think that's a big a big issue. I think they can be in there to the end. Do I think there's a couple of, couple of reasons why they might not? Yeah, I'm sure there they might be a handful. I mean, one of them is, if we look, and this, this brings us back to what you were saying, by the way, about what Mitchell had said about we're in a different place if we beat Barcelona. His, his, his phrase was really nice when he says, it puts us in, a, in another dimension, yeah. was his phrase. And, I, and I, th- I suppose you can look at that and say, well, when they were beaten by Real Madrid earlier in the season, I think we all allowed ourselves to believe, and, and not, not unjustifiably, by the way, but OK, this is a sign that, all right, it's all well and good doing this, but they haven't really done it against big clubs. At that stage, I think I, I was looking at the stats earlier, so I won't be very far wrong, even if I'm slightly wrong. I think they'd only played one team in the top 11 at that time. And that had been Real Sociedad and they they hadn't beaten Real Sociedad, they'd drawn to them. They then played Real Madrid and lost and you think, well, they're not really playing anyone very good. But then actually since then, of course, they've now beaten Barcelona and that changes it. But it is also true that they played Athletic and didn't beat them and they haven't yet played Betis or Atletico. In other words, of their wins this season, only one is against a team in the top seven. So you could say, oh. yeah, but so, you know, maybe they don't quite have that step. But beating Barcelona and putting four past them, not just beating Barcelona, putting oh. four past them and playing the way they plays play played makes you think... When they play Atletico, when they play Betis, which I believe are the next two games, or at least two of the next three, and they, and they must be, obviously, because we're very nearly at the halfway stage of the season now. Um, those are games you look at now and think, I don't think there is any guarantee, well, there's certainly no guarantee. I don't even think I would say they're not favourites in those two games. I think they quite possibly are. They are a really, really good football team.
1: Uh, next game for them is at home to Alaves, and then on the 21st of December uh, they're away to Betis, and the 3rd of January they are there at home to Atletico Madrid. So, so uh, it's
0: the yeah. last two games of the first
1: half of the season, then, yeah. Hmm. Let's talk about Barca and um, how they played in this game because they had chances, they yeah. had a lot of shots on goal as well, which Chavi was uh, very quick to point out. He yeah. also said 31. That. He
0: said, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> He was very yeah, quick to make sure we knew shots.
1: that. Um, he said they're a team in construction, Sid, which is a, a comment that's been getting quite a lot of criticism uh, today. Mm. Uh, understandably so. Yes, I think so. Um,
0: I, I I would say it's un- I, I would say actually both positions are understandable. I can understand why Xavi is talking about a con- team in construction. I can because there's a couple of new signers this summer because, of course, we know the financial what? limitations. We know they haven't what? actually bought the players they want. But, but, hang on, I can understand him saying that. Which isn't to so say I agree with him. I can understand him saying that. Okay. But I, th- I think you look at this and you think, but you bought lots of players last year and you spent quite a lot of money on some of them. Robert Lewandowski wasn't cheap. Uh, Ferran, who came a bit earlier, wasn't cheap. Uh, Jules Koundé certainly wasn't cheap. And while you got Jao Felix on loan, it's still Jao Felix. While you got Inigo Martínez for free, it's still Inigo Martínez. While you got Gundogan for free, it's still Ilkay Gundogan. These aren't, these, you know, these aren't poor players. And you look at Barcelona's... Um, first choice 11 assuming everyone is fit and I think it's very difficult to see a really obvious flaw in that 11 in terms mm. of names and this is maybe the counterbalance to, to Girona we we're saying that Girona might not have the names but look at what a good team they are and then we come to the next point if Barcelona are a team in construction what a
1: Girona well that was the point I was going to make given the yeah. uh, Monumental overhaul that they had this summer. Yeah, uh, if anyone's interested. Yeah, they lost, they lost their top scorer,
0: they lost their best central defender, they lost uh, uh, Raquel May, who was playing on the wing for them, they lost their midfield linchpin, who went to Barcelona, by the way, for 3.5 million. Because, of course, to be fair to Oriol Romeo, although Girona weren't very pleased, and there's that nice quote from Pedro Guardiola, who, of course, is one of the part owners of, of Girona, and he, when Barcelona started chasing him, he said, They're really not doing us any favours here. Uh, maybe they were, as it turns out, because yes. that midfield has been restructured and I think Alex Vidal... Uh, Alex Vidal, sorry, not Vidal. Alex Garcia has taken on far more responsibility. You know, he's a player who's been involved in more actions than anyone else in, in La Liga this season. I think, Yeah, I, think I told you that a couple brilliant. of weeks ago. Yeah. Did you? Oh, well, I, ch- <laughs> yeah. I looked at the stat today. I, 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 Richard, I, I, and, and, it, and he still is, by the way. Yeah. Um, I was Number looking one, at the stat today. he just does
1: everything. Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah, he does a bit
0: of, a, a bit yeah. of absolutely everything. Um, and they are... You know, and you, So you say that these, all, all these pieces were taken off them, and yet their team is functioning. So as I say, I sort of understand it from Chavi, But mm. the weird thing about Chavi's team is, and I've just said that I think if you look at the 11 in terms of names, mm. with the absence of Gavi at the moment, and I must admit I'm not sure how you would rejig the team if Gavi was back in it. I don't think there's a player in there you go, yeah, I would absolutely get rid of him. The funny thing is, the weakest link for me at the moment feels like it's the most expensive of all of them. Maybe not the most expensive. No, not the most expensive, in fact, because Frankie was more and Jules Koundé was more. But the biggest name of all of them, for me, is the biggest problem at the moment. That's that's Robert Lewandowski.
1: Lewandowski, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Certainly feels that way. He Missed a really good chance, by the way, (laughs) in injury time to make it 3-3. I mean, a really... uh, Go back to to last week, Phil.
0: He had a hmm. massive chance last week and he hit him in the face. He has a massive chance this week and it hits him on the shoulder.
1: Mm.
0: Now, I don't know about you, but I'd be asking him to check his contact lenses are still the right prescription because that's two in a row that he's misjudged and have hit other parts of his body. Now, I'm mm. being facetious up to a point, but it, it says something about something being not quite right. Life is a highway and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches, but there's only one McCrispy. Crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: Going for your first ever run around the park. Literally running errands all over town. Running for the finish line and your personal best. If you run, you're a runner. Find the shoes and clothes to run your way at newbalance.com running. New Balance. Run your way. Listen, yes, so we're going to move on um, because there's lots of stuff uh, we want to talk about but uh, if you guys want to uh, ask us a question about something we didn't mention why not become a patron and get involved in the Q&A pod that we do uh, every Tuesday or alternatively you could give the gift of TSFP to someone you love this Christmas i dearly someone who loves Spanish football, you can sign them up for an Check. annual membership and get 10% off. They'll get a QA pod and a bonus pod every single week, plus our series, TSFP Presents and Rincón Cultural. You get Al's occasional paper reviews and access to the TSFP Discord. Head to patreon.com forward slash TSFP for more details. I love how Al's had, a, uh, Al's had a second baby and it's become an occasional paper review rather than a, a daily paper review, but... It It is what it is, amigos. We are but three men trying to do our best here, providing you with content on Spanish football. And I think, I think we're doing all right. So come and join us. Patreon.com forward slash TSFP. We're going to move on and talk about uh, Betis 1, uh, Real Madrid 1, which was a, a really entertaining game from a neutral perspective. I watched it. I enjoyed it. I, I, I thought it was a a really good game of football. You were there. You were pitch side, Sid. Uh, what, was your, what was your impressions of the game? Yeah, my
0: impression was, was similar to yours. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good, high level, good quality of football. That said, I think a pitch side, possibly it slightly exaggerates that. And, and certainly talking to, the, to our guys in the studio, I think they didn't enjoy it quite as much as I had. Certainly not in the first half. But I thought the the, the quality was good. I, I think it's, it's lovely watching Isco play. Um, I thought Iossi was, was excellent again. I thought Modric yeah. was very, very good. Um, and, and it was a fun game with two really brilliant goals. Uh, you know, the way that, that Bellingham finishes his is the finish of a man who says, this football lark's quite easy, isn't it? I mean, it's just it very, very calm, very smoothly done. Then Rubel scores an absolutely belting goal from, from almost, you know, uh, miles out from an almost impossible position or a seemingly almost impossible position. And... And Betis then really took the game to Real Madrid. Real Madrid actually lost control a little bit after Modric went off. He wasn't very happy going off. He threw the bottle of water down and then kicked it across the across the technical area. Well, not the technical area, the area in front of the bench. Um, and Madrid did lose control and actually Betis really could and possibly should have won it. Isco hits the post in the last minute, uh, and then in the well in the 89th minute, and then in the very last minute, uh, I can't remember who it was from, actually. Was it William José when, when um, Lunin makes a brilliant save as well, right near the very, very end? And it was just a really good game. Mm. And afterwards, Ancelotti said, uh, a point here is a, is a good result. But yeah. I think Real Madrid players knew that 1-0 would have been really big for them to have won 1-0 at, at Betis.
1: Yeah, he basically said Ancelotti afterwards, you know... 1-1. It's a decent result here. Uh, it was a good game. They played well as well. They could have won it. We played decent as well in, in time. Uh, so, yeah, 1-1. Uh, a pretty fair result. Uh, you mentioned Lunin, who started this game, which is not what Ancelotti said was going to happen a couple of weeks ago. He said uh, Lunin will play the next game and then Kepa will be back for the Betis match. And it, it wasn't the case because I think there was such a backlash from... The uh, media and fans and everyone suggesting that it was deeply unfair for Lunin to just automatically lose his place given that Kepa uh, was back fit and Lunin's been playing well and he's earned the right to to start for Real Madrid I think
0: Yeah and that's what Ancelotti said wasn't it? And I I think you're right, I think a little bit of the noise probably played a part but he he said before the base game, he said I know I said that that when Kepa comes back he goes into Mm -hmm. the team but uh, Lunin has, I think the phrase was has earned the right to be considered Now, at that point, I wasn't sure he was going to play him. uh, And I thought maybe there's, you know, his get-out clause is that he's got a a Champions League game coming up this week, which doesn't really matter, so Lunin can have that. And then, you know, there'll be a cup game, uh, what will be the first week that we get back, and he'll have that game as well. And then I can sort of say he's been getting a chance. But actually... I think I think it was the right decision. I think Lunin had done everything that you could expect him to. I think there were... Well, the, the fact... I was about to say, I think there were doubts about Lunin. I think that's just borne out by the fact that they immediately signed a player as soon as Courtois mm. got injured. If they'd really trusted Loonin, they wouldn't, they wouldn't have done that. Um, mm. But now Loonin, given a little bit of continuity, has played very well. Despite the fact I actually thought he played pretty well in the first couple of league games as well and immediately lost his place to Kepper for the... I think it was the Celta game, wasn't it? Week three, mm. maybe. Week, yes. Yeah, week three, I think. Um, and, and I think he deserves it and as I say he, he made a really really good save right at the end another one that he tipped over the bar which wasn't quite as difficult just after that but all in all and I think there's a confidence about him now that possibly wasn't there before and I think that's maybe the most important element to this it's not just the saves it's the fact that the defenders feel comfortable around him now and I think that's really important
1: Certainly is. Um, Real Madrid playing in midweek uh, tomorrow uh, against Union Berlin in the Champions League in a game that doesn't really mean too much. So we'll probably see Kepper come back uh, into that game. Uh, but let's see. Uh, 16 goals in 18 games for Jude Bellingham now. It wasn't actually overall his Probably best performance, but still a really terrific goal from uh, Jude. A slightly different goal as well to what we've seen him being scored. And just another one to add to the repertoire because he can score yeah. all different types of goals. And this one was an absolute beauty. Go and see it. If you haven't seen Aitor Rubial's goal for, for Betis as well, go and see that because it's an absolute screamer. Uh, Betis on a long, long, unbeaten run. And like we said, this is probably a good result uh, for, uh, for both teams. Not too bad. Uh, Let's move on and talk about the other side from the uh, city of Seville. Because Sevilla are in trouble. Again, we're almost in exactly the same position as we were uh, last season. They lost 1-0 to Mallorca uh, this weekend. A game which they uh, dominate in terms of uh, possession. But uh, they had a a goal ruled out for a uh, a slightly questionable uh, VAR decision. It was a... VAR, a judge that uh, in the series had handled the ball mm. uh, in, uh, in the uh, goal that he scored and it was uh, it was ruled out. So the uh, luck not going Sevilla's way and Diego Alonso absolutely uh, uh, furious uh, afterwards, as a, as a lot of people were. But the the facts mm. are that he still hasn't won a league game and it's been seven league matches and three Champions League games and he's not won any of those matches. Uh, Ten games. Yes, there have been lots of players out injured, and they were missing for this game. Jesus Navas, Fernando Acuna, Nianzu, uh, uh, Mariano, Badé, uh, Lamela, Suso, Nyland. There were there were a lot of players out missing, almost an entire first eleven. But nevertheless, it was um, it was a team that, that that could have played better than it did. I've been um, I've been writing about this uh, this today, Sid. So I've 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 done a bit of research, and here are the actual mm-hmm. statistics. So the parallels with last season are really oh, quite God. extraordinary right here we go Sevilla appointed Jorge Sampaoli to replace a Europa League winning coach on the 6th of October 2022 they appointed Diego Alonso to replace a Europa League winning coach on the 10th of October 2023 they took 6 points from a possible 21 in the first games and first 7 games under Sampaoli they've taken 5 points from a possible 21 uh, in the first 7 games under Alonso after match day 16 last season they were 17th with 15 points after match day, 16 this season. They're 16th with 13 points, so they do have a game in hand. There are lots and lots of uh, comparisons that we could make with, with last season, but it's it seems almost exactly the same season once again, Sid. It's, it's really quite extraordinary, and I framed my piece on, on the uh, 1990s film, which I'm sure you've seen many, many times, Groundhog Day, yeah, because It does really feel, like, it feels like Groundhog Day again, you know, Bill Murray's somewhere in South Spade going round and round and trying to get it right and and, and, he's, and he's not at the moment. Or well, is it the Cherry, Cherry Street uh, Bed and Breakfast, isn't it? Is it the Cherry Street Bed and Breakfast? I think it might be. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, uh, do you know what? I don't know who's Andy McDowell in this, in this, in this situation. <laughs> do you know
0: right? what this tells us? <laughs> You see, I was, I was quite down on Sevilla, but when you started drawing these parallels, I'm, I'm now very optimistic. It means they're going to win the Europa League again.
1: I don't think they're going to get into the Europa League, man. Oh, no, that's the thing. Lons. They Tomorrow might not even night. get into yeah. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They might not even get into it. Uh, they're going to Lons, by the way, without any fans. Have you seen this? The, the French government has, has blocked the fans from travelling. Uh, there won't be any fans allowed in to the ground. Which no, I haven't I'm. That. Why? I'm an, what? I, uh, because of fan trouble, and I'm not exactly sure if there's a specific reason why the French government are doing it, or if it's about Sevilla or if it's about their own issues. But it seems to me to be deeply, deeply out of order, that kind of thing, to be perfectly honest with you. But there you go. Especially if fans have already bought tickets and travelled yeah. and, and all the rest yeah. of it. Um, but I mean, in terms of Sevilla, this was a game, I think in fairness, where you could say it's quite difficult to understand that they didn't win this. Where, as you've already put, pointed out, he was very unhappy to for, for that um, goal to have been ruled out for, for hitting him on the elbow as the ball's going in. He also had a penalty that he thought he should have had. And actually, I think with hindsight, you think, well, maybe if you mm. dived, you might have got it, which is a terrible position to be in because you don't want to be encouraging anyone to dive. Now, for what it's worth, I think it's two players holding on to each other, trying to gain a position. But mm. of course, the defender has more of a vested interest in that holding on the, than the attacker does. Um, and I, I can understand why in the series annoyed because partly he's probably thinking, well, you know, if I'm honest enough to not go down, that shouldn't punish me. I shouldn't be punished for the fact that I wasn't trying to make a meal of it. And then the goal that that is ruled out, I actually think it's rightly ruled out, given the yeah. rules. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's a, I think you can just about see that it hits his elbow. But I think it's desperately, desperately, desperately unlucky. And without VAR, it would never have been given. And um, without VAR not being given, no one would have ever said anything either. No one would yeah,
1: have got completely really upset about him. It just feels like why... Well, I don't want to take it down this, this route, but why is VAR getting involved in this? This absolutely yeah. sort of fractional decision that you know, could go either guess way I guess, the, way I, I way guess in
0: it. a way, in, def- in defence of them, in a way... Because there is an image which demonstrates it hits the arm and therefore it's not a subjective decision. It's did it hit the arm? Yes, it's therefore not a goal because a goal scored with a handball involved in it has to be ruled out regardless of intentionality and all the rest of it. And so I suppose the argument for why does VAR get involved Well, because it can show that it hit the elbow. I say that it can show it hit the elbow, by the way. well, There's a few well. angles where I'm not entirely sure if it does ah, but there is one where ah. I think you see the shirt on his elbow move as the ball's mm-hmm. going past. I think you see the, the fabric on his elbow move but... <sighs>
1: I mean, it is... I could... You know, if you're Sevilla, you're pissed off about it, put it that way. Massively, massively pissed off. And do you know who their next league game is against Sydney? Uh, I'm guessing it's someone big. There's a reason why you're saying this. It's not necessarily someone big. It's someone you absolutely do not want to play when you need to get points. Is it Getafe? it certainly is it is <laughs> this weekend so um yeah let's see if uh, let's see if Diego Lawrence are still there by the way uh, because uh, if we're following what happened uh, what happened last season uh, the third third manager should be on his way uh, pretty soon oh yeah that's so that's
0: that's the next bit of statistics the parallel how many weeks until the next manager comes according to your your parallels uh
1: it's um uh hold on let me tell you it is uh, not not we don't have too far to uh, wait. It is uh, well March actually. We've got March. Oh We've okay, that's more. longer than that. I'm not sure it yeah. makes
0: it to March, are you? I don't think he makes it no.
1: makes <laughs> it I'm not sure it makes it to March. I'm not sure he makes it to this weekend, but uh but let's see. Um so I said that we'd uh mention why uh Granada and Athletic Club was uh suspended. It was suspended yesterday and uh, it's gonna finish today. Uh the uh First 17 minutes were played yesterday and Athletic went 1-0 went up, but it was suspended due to a fan being taken very gravely ill in the uh, stands, a home fan, a Granada fan, who subsequently died. So the game was obviously suspended and it will resume tonight at 9pm uh, and we'll get the uh, resuming 73 minutes or so between a Granada and, uh, and Athletic. But uh, yeah, just a desperately sad. Situation: uh, No one should go to a football match and never come back, um, but that's what happened to the Granada fan yesterday. So um, definitely in our thoughts, and you know, just a really sad situation. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, there's there's not really very much to add to that. I mean, I'm sure there'll be there'll be some investigation now into into how quick the response could be and whether there was anything that that um, that could have been done better. But I think the, the the starting point is is simply that, isn't it, that to try and do the right thing. By the fan, um, and 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 to be sorry for his passing. A sixty-four-year-old uh, who'd been a, a season ticket holder at Granada for eighteen years um, was at the game on his own. Kept on going despite the fact he's been very ill um, of late, and it's it's just a it's just a really sad uh, sad thing to have happened.
1: It is. It is. Of course. Uh, before we go, uh, we should tell you what happened in the Segunda. Leganeses' lead at the top is down to just two points after they drew 1-1 with Eldense. Sergio Ortuño scored one of the goals of the season oh, for Eldense. If, if you haven't seen it, my word, it is uh, absolutely superb. So go and check that out. Uh, Valladolid a second. They beat uh, Amorabieta 2-1. Sporting a third. A point further back, they drew 0-0 with Levante. Then it's Espanyol in fourth. They drew 1-1 with Zaragoza. And Oviedo are 11th after their 2-2 draw at Racing Santander. Uh, This week, uh, we've got European action. Tuesday night is Lons against Sevilla. Union Berlin against Real Madrid. And Inter against Real Sociedad. Then on Wednesday, Atleti against Lazio. Royal Antwerp against Barca. And on Thursday, we've got Betis against Rangers. And Rennes against Villarreal. That's it for this week's edition of the Spanish football podcast. Thanks very much for joining us amigos. Uh, if you'd like to continue to hear us speak throughout the week, come and join us at patreon.com forward/ slash TSfB and as we said, if you know someone who likes Spanish football, it is the festive season it is a time when society presses you into buying people things that they do not need. well, they might not need it <laughs> <laughs> They might not need a, a subscription uh, to, uh, to our podcast but of course they might you need like it. it. Yeah, of course. they. No, they need it. They absolutely need it. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash dsfp. But if you think, I oh, don't no, forget all that, I want the free version. But we're going to be here every Monday from now until the rest of the end of time. Sydney will be doing this podcast. So uh, come and join us each and every week, amigos. And uh, we'll speak soon. Adios. Cheerio.